welcome to What's Brewing, CISFA. What's Brewing, CISFA is a podcast produced for the California Community College's Student Financial Aid Administrators Association. I'm your host, Dennis Schrader. I serve as the 2021-2022 CISFA past president. Today is one of our group of special makeup episodes to come for being off the air for about two weeks while taking vacation. So again, we're going to cover one single topic today and give you an introduction to something about financial aid and higher ed. So let's get this show going. And again, welcome to a special episode, I'm going to call it, of What's Brewing CISFA. Today's topic is about administering financial aid programs. Yes, it's a super sexy topic. We've already covered all the great stuff, right? Financial aid is a concept in our first of these makeup episodes. The second episode was all about the magic formula. Third one was professional judgment. I just talked about SAP, satisfactory academic progress. One of the few things that I really do understand really well in financial aid, I hope. And today is about administering the different financial aid programs. Uh, a little bit both on insider stuff and for those who are outside of our industry, give them an idea of what what will we do. And so when they come to a financial aid office or send their kid there to talk to somebody to know uh, what's going on with their financial aid file and such, there's a lot of rules and things that we have to follow to make sure we're meeting all the different federal requirements while, again, also ensuring we're getting money to the students in a timely manner so that they can continue their studies and be successful. Now, most of the things that we talk about when it comes to administering financial aid, for most schools, we're talking about the federal aid programs. What comes under Title IV of whatever section of the law it is, so we sometimes call it Title IV aid, covers all your basic aid programs you can think about. Your federal Pell Grant, federal work study, Federal student loans, federal parent loans, the federal supplemental educational opportunity grant are all part of the Title IV federal aid programs. And that's where most of the rules and regulations then come out of as far as what we have to do to administer programs, how we can show that we are made, meeting administrative capabilities to do so, you know, how we are separating duties on campus so that You can avoid things like fraud and such. So, you know, we may authorize a disbursement of aid for a student, but the actual disbursement happens in a separate office, usually called like the business office or student accounts office. And all of this, how a school even gets involved in this, and I haven't had to help a student from the square one point at least, but I do help them. I've helped my own school along the way is we have an agreement between the school and the federal government. It's not between the financial aid office alone, everybody. It's really with your school, your institution, and the federal government. And that agreement's called the Program Participation Agreement. It's a form that you have to renew usually every four to six years. And this Program Participation Agreement, or PPA, is an online form, thankfully. Now, uh, probably was paper, probably not much less than 20 years ago. And it allows, it basically explains your structure of your school to the federal government, type of programs you offer. If you offer 
programs below like a associate degree or a degree program, you do have to list those out. And the reason for that is they will decide on a case by case basis if those programs are federal aid eligible. There's certain requirements for certificates, in other words, like they have to have a certain number of units. Uh, do they lead to gainful employment and such? Do you have them properly classified with all the different government codes that go with that program? What we call our TOPS codes or our SIP codes, for example. But you have to give all this information on your agreement and then the federal government will review it and in a sense grant aid eligibility to your institution. So this is one of those areas when a president or administrator on a campus has a question about financial aid, why they're, hey, why are we getting emails about uh, financial aid related matters? It's because, in a sense, the institution has signed this agreement with the federal government. Now, again, there'd be almost no reason for an institution, especially a public institution, not to sign up with the federal government for financial aid because that is a great resource for students. Otherwise, how are you going to come up with all that extra money? Even my school, you know, a community college of a modest size will do a few tens of millions of dollars of federal aid every year. So that's money, and generally at a community college, that goes right to the students because most of our students are getting the student, uh, the state's fee waiver, now called the California College Promise Grant, but in a sense they're getting their tuition waived. And if you consider most of our students are in-state students, that means any other money they get, Pell Grant, student loans, etc., probably flows right back to the student to help pay for all their other costs. So doing federal aid is really not much of an option unless you've got a, a benefactor that can afford to replace all those dollars uh, for some reason on an ongoing basis. And would you really want to? Because again, uh, it's money available from the government to help our students. Now, part of today's episode might explain why you would think about, you might think twice about wanting to do it because there are a lot of rules to follow. Remember, we talked about uh, professional judgment uh, being things that we can do, but there are certain things you have to do. Again, tracking academic progress, making sure students meet all the different eligibility requirements for aid. They've done a FAFSA, they've got an EFC calculated. If they had a uh, defaulted student loan, they've uh, resolved that issue. If they have an overpayment of aid from a school, they've resolved and repaid that money. Uh, so many other things that might have to be done. Verifying income tax information. All that stuff has to be accounted for. So there's certainly a lot of rules to follow. There's a lot of reports that go along with aid administering. For example, we do a report every year called the FISAP report. That's F-I-S-A-P. has nothing to do with S-A-P, though. But the FISAP report is if we handle federal work study and what we call the FSEOG grant, you have to do an annual report back to the federal government on how certain monies were spent in both of those programs. And the reason is, is those two programs are what we call campus-based aid. Unlike most other aid, if a student applies for uh, aid in my school and their EFC indicates they're eligible for a Pell Grant, they're going to get the Pell Grant. There's not a limit on how many students can get it. There's not a limit on how many dollars come to the school. But for federal work study, 
And FSEOG, the Federal Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant, a school gets an allocated amount. And then there's certain federal rules to follow on how you can divvy that up among your students. And thus, we have to do this FISAP report every year because it helps determine our funding for the future years and also show how we spend our money in the current year uh, to the federal government. So there's that FISAP report. Everyone does it. Lots of data, lots of breakdowns of data, and we just hope for the best so we get it in on time. I talked earlier about our program participation agreements. Those have to be renewed every four to six years. For the longest time, we may have been involved in what we call gainful employment reporting. Again, back in the later 2000s, uh, the presidential administration put in these rules with Again, like everything else that comes out of Congress and our administration at the federal levels, uh, the best of intentions was the idea of making sure that students who are doing these less than degree programs, like certificate programs, were actually finding gainful employment from them. And so there was a lot of reporting that was involved with that as far as how many students are graduating in any given uh, certificate program and what was their average student loan debt or parent loan debt. Uh, some of that's kind of gone to the wayside recently, but they are looking to re-pick, you know, pick that up again. Uh, so there's that kind of reporting. And then there's always other reporting that goes on. And this doesn't even touch upon the fact that when schools and colleges got all this money through uh, during the pandemic from what we call the CARES Act, or uh, in particular, our part of some of these uh, different aid acts was what we called HERF funding. Higher Education Emergency Relief Fund. And so HERF, as we call it for most of this, was the funding that came to the colleges. Some of that money went straight to the students. Some of that was usable at the institution level for cost. But again, that's extra reporting above and beyond our normal stuff that may have to be done in administering aid programs. On top of that, of course, while administrating aid, we have the state because we have money from the state coming in for students. I'm not talking about the general money that comes to a campus that gets allocated and used to pay for operations of the campus. I'm talking about money from our friends at the California Student Aid Commission, the people who do the Cal Grant program. So they have their own agreement. They call it the IPA. And it's not India Pale Ale. It's the Institutional Participation Agreement. So the IPA is the agreement between, again, the institution and the Student Aid Commission to allow us to do things like the Cal Grant program. And they have their own reporting requirements on that. They have their own online system that we use to do much of this. Just like the federal government, you know, part of administering aid is the ability to exchange information and get money from the federal government and state governments to give to our students. So there's a variety of systems that have to be accessed. And this is one of the biggest reasons why I use a password manager app on my, uh, on my iPhone. Because uh, with the federal government, uh, they made it simpler. They kind of brought it down to one. But at one point, I would have to have one for their SAIG website, their NSLDS website, the COD or COD website, uh, their FSA Partner Connect website, the state's web grants website, 
Yeah, some of my colleagues have access to the VA website because they handle veterans benefits. Some of us have access to a website called Save, which allows us to confirm um, eligibility for uh, like recent immigrants and such where they may have a alien registration number. They put all that info on the FAFSA, but the FAFSA in their initial checks with Homeland Security could not confirm if the student was an eligible non-citizen. So there's a lot of systems out there. And that's a lot of access points to get different parts of information for determining a student's aid eligibility, let alone reporting. I have to have a separate access for my PPA. Uh, and then I have a separate access, uh, you know, password for getting into my Fizz app every year. So aid administrators know or have a lot of passwords. And again, because these are secure federal and state systems, you can't share those passwords. You're not supposed to. You generally have to update them every 30 or 60 or 90 days. And you kind of have to keep up on some of this stuff on a regular basis because sometimes it's usually when I most need a system. In the past, I would log in and like, you have to call us to get reinstated. And it's only because maybe I haven't used it for 60 or 90 days. All extra work along the way you know some of the other things gets to consider with aid administration is there's sideline things that are not specifically about aid but yet you have to follow again if you think of it from a federal level there's always you know things that again you wouldn't have thought of that you have to do to get the money you know so you know at the federal level we have to meet certain requirements what we put under the big umbrella called consumer information. We have to make certain information available to people in certain ways. We have to post certain types of statistics, crime reports, all those type of things. And when people on my campus go, why do we have to do that? It's because, well, we signed that program participation agreement. And as such, we said we'd abide by all these other federal requirements. And so that's where, when you start thinking about aid administration, it involves just more than your financial aid office. It's staff across the campus doing, you know, crime reports and other reporting, uh, athletic Title IX reporting, you know, as far as uh, those type of things, graduation rates, all these things have to be done on a regular basis. Why? Because we're taking the money in, and that's kind of the way it works. The state has their own bucket of things very similar to this. Don't forget, as we uh, head out, I'm going to add music because I'm just about done with this topic on administering. I haven't even talked about the fact that we have to do internal audits. We usually have an external audit. The federal government or the student aid commission could have us do a program review where they come by and they want to review certain types of information. But it's ongoing and never-ending, and thus there is job security here. And with job security comes the ability for me to say, this is all we're going to say on this topic today, but don't worry, there will be other episodes coming up shortly. I want to thank you, our audience, for tuning in. Keep in mind, What's Brewing CISFA is a production of Studio 1051, a creative collaboration of me and Dana Yarbrough. This has been episode number 188, recorded Friday, May 27th, 2022. Have a great day, everybody.